0: Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with Biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a good day to you. This is Brad Zockel with Questions About Heaven, and today... We're not only going to answer a question that came across on my different social media, but also give you a hint as we look into the end times. We talk about heaven. We talk about uh, the coming of Christ. We talk about the future of the believer going home to be with God the Father. And in this, we see the timeline that we can see recorded in the scriptures will give us prophecies. And we've talked about this over 300 messianic prophecies alone that are given in the scriptures about Jesus and also we see scores and scores of prophecies talking well revelation the book itself is a book of prophecy we see scores of prophecies about what heaven will be like about the future about numerous things and so there was a challenge by i would say three skeptics to state one at least one prophecy that was fulfilled to the exact day. And I thought, well, let's just go ahead and let's do that. There are numerous prophecies we have talked about in the scriptures uh, that uh, have come true, even besides that. And I'm so happy to be able to share those uh, as we take a look at them, the the wonderful ones that we can see in here. They give you an idea uh, that Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 says, Bethlehem, though you're the least of the cities out of you, will come the the Messiah, uh, the scepter will come from you. Micah chapter 5, 2, and then we know that this is fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, and then the historical account in the Gospels, the biography of Jesus, tell us. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a small little cow town about five and a half miles below Jerusalem. Um, we see that there's a prophecy in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, Genesis chapter 22, and verse 18, that the Messiah would come from the line of Abraham. And of course, we see in the genealogy, in the uh, historical book of the family line of Jesus, in, indeed, he came from Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1, he came from Abraham. But he also, more specifically, has to be from the line of Isaac. It gets tighter. Genesis 17, 9 says, must be from Isaac. Well, we also see in the uh, biblical account, as we see the family line, in Luke chapter 3, verse 34, indeed, Jesus comes from the line of Isaac. And he has to come from Jacob. Numbers 24, verse 17, he must come from that line. You see how this is getting tighter and tighter to qualify the one to come. So we'd know he's the one. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 2 tells us in the family line. But even more specifically, of all the tribes, he must come from the tribe of Judah. Genesis chapter 49 and verse 10. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he who to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. We see that's Genesis chapter 49 and verse 10. And when you look in the family line account, in Luke chapter 3, verse 33, you will see indeed, Jesus doesn't come from any other tribe, but he comes from the tribe of Judah. And we see these, the number of them that come through here, which are so exciting to be able to see these proofs of the uh, of the many. You know, Psalm 22, uh, the messianic prophecy of that, uh, verse 16 even before the idea, for centuries before, the idea of a crucifixion would occur. It says, they will pierce my hands and my feet, which was abhorrent uh, to the the Jewish people in in reading and the uh, the scribes writing this because you didn't desecrate a body. You know, the the forms of capital punishment were hanging, stoning, and beheading. You did not pierce a body, and yet here we have, well, we know, uh, hundreds of years later, 200 BC, the Persians would then, well, Psalm, was written, Psalm 22 was written in 1000 BC, David writes it in the spirit of prophecy, and so in 200 BC, the Persians invent the idea of putting someone on a cross, and then the Romans plagiarized that 200 years after that. So, a thousand years before the idea of a crucifixion was even uh, used in by Rome in Jerusalem, There was the prophecy there. We see all of these wonderful prophecies. Here's the one that's most exacting and I want to take time on today. And it's known as the 70 weeks prophecy. Now you're going to go back to Daniel. When you go to Daniel, you're going to look at something quite stunning here. Daniel is in Babylon. He has been there for absolute decades. And he is wondering when will we be released we know that jeremiah has said you will be under bondage for 70 years and when we look in jeremiah chapter 25 and jeremiah chapter 29 then it's made aware to daniel this time's just about up well he is praying he is asking the lord for mercy asking the lord for forgiveness not only on the the behalf of the nation, but he himself. He is saying, God, you are the righteous one. You deserve all honor and glory. We are wrong. Gabriel finishes, before Daniel finishes his prayer, Gabriel's there. He has been standing at the throne of God. Daniel's prayer is so impressive to God. He sends Gabriel down, with an answer on this and this is now known as the 70 weeks prophecy it tells of different events that are going to start with daniel and go on all the way to are you ready for this until christ comes back in the second coming absolutely amazing and so when we take a look at this daniel chapter 9 and verse 24 says 70 weeks that keyword weeks there is very important are determined for your people and for your holy city. Now, what you need to know, first of all, is the code here. Week means year. You can see it in here. You might say this, 77s have been determined. Seven, Daniel chapter 9 and verse 24, 77s. Uh, a week is seven, okay? And in using this, when we see in various places that we will see that weeks is equated to seven years. Daniel is being, is being told in this book, this is going to be years here. And then you will see this in verse 2, he will say 70 years. So you're going to see down here in verse 24, that connects with that. So years, the weeks equals seven years. There's something else that's very, very important when you study this. And if I have to take another podcast, I will, but I want you to see this. In there, we read in the historical accounts outside of the Bible and within, in those days, the consistent uh, reference to a year is 360 days. Not 365. 360 days. And when you see this, you start going through... uh, The ancient calendars you see this will stay consistent on there. And you will take a look when you go to Revelation chapter 11, Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 3, it tells you that the 12-month period, uh, you're going to have 360 days. And then if you remember this, you will see that they were talking about during the Great Tribulation, three-and-a-half-year time, uh, on that. In the middle of it is 1260 days. 1260 days. That's three and a half. Okay, so 360 days. It's very, very important if you want to get exacting on this. And I just want to make sure that I'm not going to run out of time here because we've just really got started in this. This may take two podcasts, but I do want you to see this. All right. Now, the first seven weeks, the first 7 seven is going to be rebuilding Jerusalem. Look in verse 25 of this prophecy that will take into the end times. Daniel chapter 9. One of the final classes I took in seminary was a, 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 a class called Daniel and Revelation, talking about the amazing way Daniel and Revelation are tied together. Well, here we see it. Daniel 9.25, from the mouth of Gabriel, receiving this from God. From the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince... There shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. Okay, Seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. All right? So there's going to be a decree to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. It's been trashed. And we see this. Now, we find the requirement, the the fulfillment of this requirement comes from Ataxerxes. You spell this A-R-T-A-X-E-R-X-E-S. Artaxerxes. You have seen this. And even outside the scripture, we see this. 445 B.C. March 14th, 445 B.C. You'll find this in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 1. There, uh, when they came, they are rebuilding the homeland And there's going to be a lot of persecution during this time. And whenever they do this, they do finish. Now, you're going to see the start of this is in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 1. The ending is in the book of Ezra. Ezra is going to give you the details on this in 396 BC. That's done. Okay, so the first part of this prophecy has been done in there. Now, watch this. Then it says the next 62 weeks it's very exacting now you're looking for the anointed one the messiah after jerusalem was rebuilt then it says then the messiah is going to play a part in this there is going to be the triumphal entry you're going to see this Zechariah 9 9 had prophesied this he comes in on the back of a donkey do you remember this They're going to call out, there's going to be great praise. And it's fulfilled in Luke chapter 19, verse 38. Luke 19, 38 fulfills the prophecy of Zechariah 9, 9. So now, March 14th, 445 BC, if we follow the 62 years that we're seeing, the 62 sevens that we're seeing, the 62 year seven-year periods, okay, multiplying that. then we can see that Christ is going to come into Jerusalem on April 6th of 32 AD. When he does, then after the 62 weeks, it says in the next verse in Daniel, the Messiah will be cut off. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 26. So, whenever he comes in uh, to Jerusalem, The Jews are praising him, calling him Hagazana. For the week's over, they're going to call for him to be put on the tree. All right. This is what we see. Isaiah chapter 53 tells you this. He'll be rejected. Uh, You see this. And of course, this happens in Luke chapter 23. Then he's going to be what it says here in verse 26 of Daniel 9. He'll be cut off. He will be then uh, forsaken. He will be persecuted. All right. Now, When we see this, we see that uh, during this time, there is going to be the rejection of him. This is going to start to explain a gap here, all right? This is known as the uh, time that's unreckoned, unreckoned time. And this is where we are now, all right? Uh, During this time, we see this. This is the final week which then comes up in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27. Then the prince who's coming, the Messiah, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. In the middle of the week, he'll bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on that, on that wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate even until the consummation which is determined poured out on the desolate. What it's saying here? Then there's going to be a time when the antichrist when the beast will come what will happen is the nation of israel will agree to a covenant with a world leader and he's going to give them the temporary peace this is not christ this is a false messiah during there it is saying here in daniel nine twenty-seven for three and a half years this one who appears to be so good is going to put an end to this system and then it's going to be what you might call a hell on earth during their time. You're going to see him. He is introduced. He's known Revelation chapter 3, the beast. First uh, John 2.18 calls him the Antichrist. And this would be what you know as the phlipsis in the Greek, the great tribulation. And great is not meaning as in superior or wonderful. It's talking about a horrible time uh, there. So when you see this, the, uh, the amazing truth, in which I see I've run out of time, the amazing truth is going back. During this time, the prophecy, the 69 weeks so far that take you, were to the day telling of when Jesus came through. In April 6th of 32 AD, the prophecy of the 62 collections of 7 years apiece come down to the exact day of Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Prophecies fulfilled. Many of them, this gives you an idea. We'll talk some more in our next podcast, but take this in, look at your notes, and just realize God is a God of the calendar. God is a God of promises. He cannot lie. Titus chapter 1 and verse 2, he has wonderful, wonderful truths, and we can always rely on him. Thank you so much, my friends. God bless you.